You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. We got a full booth here on mm. Thursday, August 12th. Um, we're with my co-host, Steve Buchanan. I am Julian Edlow, and we are joined this week by Jared Smith. You can find him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. He is a sports investment analyst, so he is Ooh. much more professional than Steve and I are. Right. Um, Jared, welcome into Unreasonable Odds, man. Julian, Steve, I mean, I, you say that on paper, yes, but <laughs> at my core, I am the same because we're having discussions before we even go on here about similar sports investment opportunities, and that's just what we are, and that's I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with you guys today. I've been a, been a big follower of the pod for a while. All right, and uh, as, a, as a follower of the pod, you may know a little game that we have played uh, more recently. <laughs> called know you better um so that is exactly what we are going to do with jared right now we are going to know you a little better and we'll start on a on a high note i don't need to know an amount it doesn't even need to be your biggest win but what is your favorite win in your sports betting career oh it was Mm. recently it was last fall um and and we used to have these golf experts that would that would come on one of my shows um and one of them gave out a long shot of 250 to one on martin laird to win the shriners in vegas And at the time I had never even cashed anything considerably remote. I mean, I think maybe 20 or 30 to one maybe was the highest ticket I've ever had. Um, And it cashed in a playoff and that stretch of like, it was like a two hour stretch on like Sunday between like 6 PM Eastern and like 8 PM Eastern where the playoff was about to take place. Like I I remember like literally being on my knees in my apartment, like praying (laughs) to the gambling gods, like, please, because it's just, I might, I might never cash a ticket that long ever again for the rest of my career. And so you, you know, you just remember that one for sure. I mean, you only need 10 bucks on that. that (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had slightly more than that. I didn't have a lot more than that. I I, I had 25 bucks. I mean, yeah, yeah, I had 25 bucks on it. So it, it was, it was a nice payout, but, Obviously, I wish I had a hundred bucks on it <laughs> or two hundred. Yeah. I mean, that's what we always say, right? Of but course, when there's lo- yeah, of course, it's those, never those, big enough. It's never those big lo- those lo- those odds <laughs> are long enough that it's like, who cares? Twenty five bucks, <laughs> yeah. so I don't I, I don't get takeout for one night. Who cares? And then yeah, we're gonna right. end up uh, bringing you. Okay, so on that idea, we know you know your favorite win. What is the worst bad beat that you've oh. endured? Because quite frankly, we mostly remember our bad beats and not our best wins. So I'm hoping. 
well, not for your sake, but I'm hoping that there's, there's a good story with this one. Oh, great story. I don't remember the year. I want to say it was 2011, but I was on the wrong side of the Belk Bowl, the infamous Belk Bowl that plays during SVP's Bad Beats uh, montage. Um, I had Duke in that game. I mean, it was one of the worst. Be- I forget the spread. I think it was like plus five or somewhere in that range. Uh, I, I, I absolutely abysmal beat. And it was, I was still relatively young. I was in the early stages of my college football gambling curve. My, the first sport I really bet on was the NFL. And then I got into college football more towards like after I graduated school. Um, but that at the bowl games, I always loved the bet. And I was probably like 25 maybe. And I was like, I'm quitting gambling forever. Um, and I obviously didn't, but that one sticks out. And now it's like a famous bad beat. It's like on like the montage of like December, the famous December 15th, 2015. I will point Who's, everyone right to that. Okay. One. Is that, wait, wait, was that the date of the game? That seems late. For the belt yeah, ball between Cincinnati and Duke. Bad beats. That's the one that came up. Um, 2015 seems very late, but I could oh, be nope, wrong nope, on the nope, date. Nope, 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 I could nope. be wrong. I, th- I thought it was 2011 or 2010. No, no, you're right. It was, it was New Year's Eve 2012. Okay, 2012. Okay, okay. That, yeah, that, 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 that seems right. Just let him tell the story. He has all the details. <laughs> I was off a little story. bit. I was I off by a year. I was off by a year. Was, so I was trying to help the story no. by giving a date. But you know what I'm talking about. It's the one where he like the quarterback gets set. Like, like I think Cincinnati like was cut co- or like Duke was covering by a little bit and they had the ball. And the only way that they were going to lose the cover was if they gave up like a pick six or a fumble six or something fluky, like the last like 10 seconds of the game. And it was like a fumble, sack fumble, and the defensive guy just like ran back for a touchdown. And then they lost by like two touchdowns, and then they ended up not covering the spread. Right. So Duke had the ball. You had a fumble give Cincinnati the ball at the six-yard line. Four plays later, 83-yard touchdown pass for Cincinnati to go up (laughs) seven. And then Duke suddenly trailing, but still covering, gets the ball back, turns it over again. Awful. Cincinnati Awful. scores, wins. Oh, a tie. It was a, I think it was a seven and a half. You were getting seven in the hook tie game with two minutes left. And you have the ball and you have the ball <laughs> and you don't cover that one stung real bad. That is unfortunate. Uh, first time we've heard that one. We've had some, somehow we've had some, uh, some of the same, same stories, which is, which is great. Makes sense. Um, but that's a first for this podcast. Um, all right. So going to the kind of like betting, betting trends or your research or however you want to take it, what is, what is one thing when you're, and I guess we're, we're entering football season. So let's sure. try and make this for, for football. What is one thing when you're researching football that is kind of your go-to of like, this is, this is a spot that I see that, that really makes me want to go. Yeah. Here. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a great question because I think the hard, one of the hardest things we do every day, especially I know you guys do multiple sports. So every day it's like, almost like you have to load a different template into your brain, depending on what sport you're capping on that particular day, we're getting to a point where the NFL is going to start to take center stage. I, I think, you know, net yards per play is a statistic that I look at and I kind of isolate. And if I see a big gap between that number and the spread maybe isn't as big of a gap, I will be curious um, as to why, and that will kind of make me circle a game. I think the initial way that I go through the, my, my, my process is I more isolate the games that I know I want to look at more. And some of the more, you know, I would guess more common statistics are the ones that help me do that. 
And then that kind of gives me a little more focus to kind of dive in deeper. But if I'm going through, you know, a slate of games and I'm noticing that one team is in the top five of net yards per play and the other team is in the bottom five and the spread is not very long between, uh, you know, in, in that particular game, then that will give me very much of a, okay, what's going on here? What am I missing? Uh, and, and why is that spread not very long? Because that's a metric that I look at very closely every year. So going off of that idea, then what's a trend that you pay no attention to? Like, for example, uh, like for me, like for baseball, like yeah. I don't give a crap what a pitcher did against this team four years ago. That Agreed. is so irrelevant. But people say that a lot. Like, oh, he's so good against the Phillies. I don't care. The same people aren't even on the team. What's yeah. a trend that you might hear that you think of is just kind of like a lot of noise. Yeah. I mean, hi historical ATS numbers is a big one, yeah. like primetime games. You know, like who cares what the primetime ATS record was last? But year? the Seahawks always win primetime games. <laughs> right, right, right. Aaron Rodgers is great in primetime <laughs> games. Okay, what's his record in primetime games? What was the scenario? You know, like, and so I, I think now there. It, it's funny because sometimes those trends actually give you like a flashing, almost like you're driving your car and one of the engine light pops on. Like it kind of yeah. gives you like a hey, I'll look at this, but just because the trend exists doesn't give me a preconceived bias going into the handicap of how I'm going to look at that game. It just kind of gives you, okay, Hey, maybe I should take a look here because there is a trend and we'll see if it's true or false. That's a great example because I will drive my car with the check engine light on. For months. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We do <laughs> right. for miles. Absolutely. No issue. Um, all right. We'll, we'll tie a bow on here, I guess, just uh, with your, your best overall advice, particularly for new sports bettors, because as we know, state by state, things are opening up. People are, yep. people are kind of getting into it. And the one that everybody starts with is bankroll management. Don't yeah. bet more than you can mm. afford. That is that don't get yourself in a hole. Yes. But after that, the best advice you can give for somebody kind of getting into the sports betting world. So bankroll management obviously is huge, but it, that is more of a life lesson than I think a gambling lesson yeah. because bankroll management in life <laughs> it is important. Like, That's it, why it, I don't get my engine checked when it, the light comes hundred percent, you know, we just because I just because I want to live in the nice apartment, you know, in, in the nice part of town, doesn't mean I can afford to live, you know, so bankroll management, you know, same goes for going out and all that stuff. You're right. Now here's the lesson that I wish that I did when I was coming up. So when I was growing up and just started gambling 10, 15 years ago, everyone, you know, uh, there were a lot of picks available, you know, that you would have to obviously buy, or maybe you would have to look at more at the end of the day, wherever you get your picks from, you get them for free, if you buy them, whatever, trust yourself. Don't like, yo, just because this person's on something, I'm no. going to tail. Like, what do you think at the end of the day, what makes you happy before you click submit? Because you can, if a bet loses, it's easy to blame someone else. Oh, I trusted them or, oh, I looked at this or, oh, I did this. But if you click submit and you're like, I believe in this, I think this is what's going to happen. Then you, you grow as a handicapper because you really do understand why you lost and you can kind of self-reflect about the game and you can learn from it, like watching game film. You know, you can't watch game film as a, as a gambler, but you can like go through some of your bets and learn from them. And I think that's the biggest key is like, don't trust other people understand that there's trusted sources out there, but at the end of the day, it should be your pick. What do you think is going to happen in the game? Trust yourself and, and grow from every bet you make. All right. I, I, I like that answer because as you know, as personalities and all people that give out picks in the sports betting world, you know, we all have our own content, but that doesn't mean I haven't tailed people that I trust before Absolutely. on, on plays. Now, the thing is, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to go to at Jared Lee Smith and bet everything <laughs> that I see on that account for a week. I would not do that. <laughs> but if I, <laughs> if I see something that I like and it kind of sparks something, I'll go, oh, Jared's on that. He's a smart guy. I'm going to look into it and see if I like it myself. To Absolutely. Tailor. So I will back that advice and say, yeah. if you were following any of us on Twitter, I, we know we know the tweets that come through and we lose. We see them all. But um, yes, we do absolutely say I'm going to take a little peek at this on my own and make sure that I can get behind it before I put it in. Yeah. Don't just bet it because I bet it. Bet it because you right. want it. You know, like, and, and so right. if I give you something that you don't like, I respect and and welcome pushback. I love going on shows like this and having healthy, you know, conversation back and forth. That's how I learn because I don't, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, no matter what. I always like to learn from people around me. And I feel the same way about, you know, a lot of the people that work in this space. And there's a lot of new betters that'll just, oh, this person's on this tonight. I'm riding. Well, take a look, do a little research, see if maybe I'm wrong about something. I've been wrong plenty yep. of times. I'm sure we've all been wrong. So I, I really think that's a great way to kind of take ownership and kind of gain your own personality and gain your own confidence, uh, you know, when you're betting. All right, so shifting into uh, into NFL gear, um, you know we're we're in the middle of August. It's not like uh, all that much is going on right now in the sports world. Although we do have a big weekend of preseason coming up, and we'll potentially give out some some plays for that. But we're mostly going to focus on the futures board. So we're kind of this is kind of just an open agenda, and we'll go through this kind of division by division. And don't be shy to say, you know, I don't really have anything here because sure. we don't need to waste time on, on yeah. something where we don't really have takes. So I'm just going to kind of roll through it division by division. I'm looking at the NFC North right now on DraftKings Sportsbook: Packers minus 160, Vikings plus 250, Bears plus three uh, plus 550, and the Lions plus 2800. Um, I I don't you know. I'm kind of embarrassed that I did get sucked into the the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and I didn't bet the Vikings to win the division, but I did bet the Vikings at plus money to make the playoffs during that whole ordeal, mm. which isn't necessarily a bad bet. They're a good team um, that I kind of think is okay to bet anyway, although I might get out of that one a bit. I don't have a whole lot on this division. Um, the Packers should be good once again. I'll say if there's a Packers spot, the Saints historically – are terrible against the uh, terrible early in seasons, bad against the spread week one right. and two. Um, Interesting. And now <laughs> that we're, you know, Drew Brees is done. Michael Thomas is banged up. They got guys on the defense straight up retiring because they don't want to be there. I like the Packers in week one in new Orleans, even shifting from a two and a half point dog to a two and a half point favorite. Um, and my only other take really in this division is I early on in April, after Dan Campbell started talking about biting kneecaps, <laughs> took the lions at plus money under five wins. Yeah. Maybe I push it. I hope they really stink and I win it. Um, but I don't see them getting to six and 11. They have arguably the worst talent level and worst coaching. When you factor yeah. in Anthony Lynn, who maybe cost a good chargers team, multiple wins last year, um, is now running that offense. <clears throat> Those are my two things. I, I think the Lions are going to be absolutely atrocious, and I like the Packers on the road against the Saints uh, week one. Any kind of overall takes for this uh, NFC North division, Jared, on this season? I, I agree with both those picks. Um, I, I certainly would make either one, and I feel confident about both. I, I mean, I think the Packers win this division. I think the only real team that can surprise in terms of playing above what their numbers currently reflecting is Chicago, and that's really just you know the mystery – um, that's surrounding. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and just what that quarterback situation is going to look like week one. 
Um, and obviously that's going to affect more than one market. It's going to affect, you know, the NFC North market. It's also going to affect the offensive rookie of the year market as well, uh, where I do think Justin Fields, if he does end up starting week one or week two, um, I think that number, I think it was plus 850. I saw still this morning. I think that number moves really fast. So if you want some early CLV, Justin Fields and the Bears might be your ticket, but that doesn't mean that it's going to end up cashing because there's a lot that has to take place over a 17 week season for the bears to be good. Not just Justin Fields, there's other factors as well, but the early line value is definitely on the bears. I think the Packers win this division. I loved what I saw from Aaron Rodgers in the off season. And I know a lot of people were like, well, what do you mean you loved what you saw? <laughs> I've never seen someone so calm during that press conference. He's never been that calm before. He's always been kind of on edge. At least that's the vibe I've always gotten watching his, his media but he felt so it looked like he was just at peace with the situation. Like he knew this was the situation. It ain't getting any better. This is the cards that I'm dealt. And he's got a pretty good hand this year. He still has his best weapon back Devontae Adams. They brought Randall Cobb and I know they're living together, which is a little unique, but I think that's good for camaraderie, obviously. And I, I would expect the Packers to win this division. So value wise, not a whole lot there with that number. Um, Chicago might be the biggest mover, but I, I certainly think green Bay early and uh, fate of new Orleans is, is definitely worth the play. Cause I think the Packers are ready to roll. I agree, and that's why I'm going to come back and bet some Vikings to miss the playoffs because yeah, I have just, yeah. I have just might, too might be a good way to cover there. I have just too much on it after that news. Sure. I don't mind being a little bit exposed to them because they're a solid enough team. But uh, yeah, yeah, Steve, it seems like you are in agreement with the Bears being the most underpriced <clears throat> team in the division. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's like I'm either going to be betting the Bears or I'm just probably leaving this division alone. Like, what yeah. am I really, you know, getting here at a minus 160 line for the Packers to win the division? But even with betting the Bears, it's like, do I really realistically think that's going to happen? Probably not. But at least at plus 550, there's some good value there because I think they're a better team than the Vikings who are at plus 250. So I didn't. So the value for the Bears is on there at plus 550. Because look, at the end of the day, it's going to be Justin Fields. Like nobody knows. It's not a secret. You know, obviously Andy Dalton, Nick Foles are not going to be the ones who are going to be running. You know, fl- you know, slinging the ball by week five or even that might even be too late. So the Bears are nothing for me in this one. And even with taking that Bears bet. I'm not expecting to win. I just think the value for how they're priced in this division is just, it's just uh, too good to pass up. At this yeah. Point. It's just mispriced. Like the gap yeah. between Vikings and bears is too wide. And that's what you're, that's really what you're betting on there. And I agree that you're probably not going to win that bet, but you have to just come back on green. If you really want to play it straight, you go green Bay and Chicago and you just kind of split the difference. You'll make a little bit on the arbitrage. there, not a whole lot. And I wouldn't recommend that for smaller unit betters. Like if you're betting thousand dollar units. Yeah, sure. But if you're betting 10 bucks, 20 bucks, no, don't, 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 don't do that. It's not worth the dollar 50. But, but to me, that would be the best way to play it because I, I, I would fade Minnesota and Detroit this season probably. I mean, it was it was the Bears, not the Vikings, that were in the postseason uh, yeah, last year. Absolutely. Although they got absolutely that's a better bet. Bears State. to make the playoffs. That's yeah. that is my you know that might get you have a chance to win that bet. I think. All right. Um, I don't know how I forgot this one before we end with this division because um, I gave it out as my slate approved week one pick on our week one salary release podcast last week. Uh, the the Lions are hosting the 49ers week one, a team mm. smashed with injuries last year, the yep. biggest week one favorite, and they are on the road. I grabbed the 49ers um, minus seven when they came out. It's now seven and a half. I have the 49ers as my teaser piece. I have the 49ers as my oh, money man. line parlay piece. Yeah. Everything week one. The 49ers are going to go to Detroit 
run the ball down the lion's throat and yeah. absolutely destroy them. And Jared Goff throwing to uh, Rashad Perryman is not <laughs> going to scare me off of this play. I'll take the seven and a half with the hook. I don't, I, I don't really know if this one's going to move. Like I, I think it could should and could go to eight and a half, nine and a half by the time we get there. Um, I think the 49ers are going to absolutely dismantle the lions. Absolutely. In- that that's the survivor play for week one. Oh, that, that's that's the yeah. survivor play for week one. No, Detroit has no chance in this game. I hope this one doesn't come back to get. If the Lions lose this game, I mean, if the Lions win this game, I'm in big big trouble. But I don't. No, think I, I I don't think they're gonna. I I I like the Niners a lot this year. That's a team that we can wait till we get to the West on them. But um, they're they're you're they're definitely gonna be healthy in week one. Maybe they won't be healthy in week ten, um, but they'll be healthy in week one, and 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 that'll be a, a difference in this game. Real quick, just before we move to the yeah. division, I'm, I'm going a little off topic here. Can we all just be in agreement that under 3,995 and a half yards of Jared Goff is the play? Like, I don't see him. He's not going to finish the season as a starting quarterback. He's I don't so see brutal. it. I just, I don't see it. Like, brutal. even if he does, like, he's not going to be close to 4,000 passenger. I cannot see that at all. And it's only at minus 115. Like, I feel like that has to be a play. What did like, he do last year with L.A.? What, he, he played most of the year, right? He played maybe yep. 10, 11 games, right? He played. He missed a few he games, did. I think. He did. I think it was that finger injury. He had like a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a thumb injury or yeah, something that yeah. it was. But I just I, – I look at that line, and I'm just like, that just feels so big. So big for a team that's going to be going absolutely nowhere. Like, I know they're going to be constantly playing from behind. So here, here you I'm go. not convinced he, he's a, a good quarterback point. at they're the end of the They're going to be playing from behind. The playing from behind thing was going to be my only point, but the yeah, receivers good point. stink. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been really hurt in his career. So he played in 15 of the 16 games last year. Yeah. So he did. Yeah. I remember he only missed the one and he almost, well, there was one that I remember that he came in later in because the other dude got knocked out. Remember the, the, right. the backup guy got like knocked out of the, he yeah. start, so he really only started 14 games. <clears throat> It says he well. This is Pro Football Reference. Says he started fifteen. Okay, so maybe he did start. And that played up. in fifteen. All right, but okay. okay so, would you say the number was on golf, Steve? Thirty-nine thousand. Yeah, thirty-nine ninety-five. Okay, so after two forty-six hundred yard seasons, golf threw for three thousand nine hundred fifty-two last year in fifteen games. In fifteen games. So you would think that if he plays in less, so it's basically. See, this is why I wish that, and and I don't know, maybe one day you guys will offer this. Over under games played in the season. I, I yep. like that's a bet because to me, that's heck of a market. What, that's to me what you're betting on here. Um, because over time, you know, if he starts in 17, uh, there's an extra game, so you have to take that into account. If he plays in 17 games, he's going to hit that over. Yep. But you're really betting on him to play probably 15 or less. Yep. Right. Um, okay. Well, we just kind of teased the uh, NFC West a little bit, super competitive division. People think the Cardinals are, are going to be good and they should probably finish fourth and miss the playoffs and could be a good team. They like, they could go, the Cardinals could go Oh, six in the division and dominate the rest of their schedule um, and just have kind of an unfortunate season. So I don't have many takes. I, I like the, I like all these teams. Um, I'm trying to find a way to like single somebody out. I don't dislike somebody. The only thing I've bet in this division besides absolutely smashing the 49ers in week one is the Seahawks at minus 130 to make the playoffs mm, um, yeah. with Russell Wilson. They've made the playoffs in eight of nine seasons. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win the division at plus 275. I don't really care. I just think they're 
like this is a perennial playoff team with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Um, I think they didn't do much to kind of go away from the 12 and 14. They were last year, other than the 49ers getting healthier and the Rams improving. So maybe they lose more in the division Seahawks minus 130 to make the playoffs. That's pretty much all I got here, but it's a division that everybody wants to talk about because of the talent. They've got a really tough schedule this year. Yeah. Um, and I, I have no, I have no doubt that, that they'll be ready in big spots. Um, but they were also very fortunate in one score games last year. And that was a, that's always a statistic I look at when I'm looking at win totals, um, which isn't really going to affect make the playoffs. I, I think they're a good bet to make the playoffs, but I, I just, I, I feel like the window is still closing and I'm a little concerned about the front seven. I'm a little concerned about the secondary. It's not the defense of Seattle's past. Um, and they've obviously adopted to, you know, a new regime, I guess, a new scheme of offense where maybe 10 years ago they could win with, you know, the Legion of Boom. I don't think that, you know, that's really possible today. If you don't have a really good offense in the NFL, uh, a passing offense, an early down passing offense, you're not going to win uh, long term. And I think Seattle's, you know, getting to that. They've got an unbelievable core of weapons. I don't know. I guess I'm neutral on Seattle this year. I, I-, I like Arizona okay. in that division a lot. Um, I like San Francisco in that division a lot. I'm down on the Rams. I don't trust Stafford to stay healthy. Um, and right. I just, I, I compare, you know, if I'm picking Stafford, Jimmy G, Kyler Murray, I kind of, you know, and Russell Wilson, I don't know. I kind of pick Kyler in that group of those four quarterbacks. If, if all, everything's in a vacuum and everyone's healthy, I might go with, with, with Arizona being maybe a little sleepy value there. I think I got seven to one, you know, early in the summer okay. to win that division. Um, but I don't Hot expect eight. to win that bet. I, I, I just, I feel like that's the best value in that division because all four teams are really good and you're getting a really good number. I think with Arizona who might have the best quarterback in a vacuum, I know, say what you want about, you know, experience and all that stuff, but man, Kyler Murray's numbers are off the charts. I will say really quick before we go to Steve, um, you mentioned the four quarterbacks in the division. Are we sure those are the four quarterbacks in the division? Because Jimmy G was supposed to be the placeholder for Trey Lance who day after day after day we hear is just dominating even his snaps with the ones last I looked, he was still plus 300 to take the first snap of the season in Detroit in week one. I don't hate it. I'm starting to get on board with Trey Lance actually being the guy right away. If he is, then good for him. And the Niners have themselves a dude. Yeah. And, and that's good for the Niners. I think, um, I think either way it's good for the Niners and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on San Fran this year. I'm bullish on San Fran and Arizona. I would say I'm bearish on LA and I'm probably neutral on Seattle. Fair. I just hate how close this division is. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's priced appropriately because all these teams should be as close as they are. I would say the one bet I'm not crazy about is the Rams. I feel like that acres injury is just, obviously we all know it was a blow, but what we saw from him over the last few weeks was like, okay, this dude is ready to, you know, take that next step. They don't have that now. And that maybe might end up being a blessing in disguise because of Stafford being on the team now. But I just, I'm not crazy about the Rams. I think like everybody else is. So for me, it's either the 49ers or the Seahawks. And obviously if you're going for value, the Seahawks, the plus 275 is probably the number there. I think so many people are just so down on that team because of how they ended really since the second half of the season, obviously so much, so much about the offensive line and the secondary, how bad it was. But if there was anything that you hold your hat on, Russell Wilson kept them in those games. Uh, all throughout the second half. And he's going to be able to do that again, refreshed, you know, they get off to a hot start in the season. 49ers are going to have to keep up and they definitely have the talent to do so. But if I'm going to take anything, I'm probably ignoring this division overall, but if I'm taking anything, it's probably Seahawks at plus 275. Mm. That's 
that's fair. I mean, I hope that hits because then they're in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you guys are both happy. You know, I, I I hope that I'm wrong on 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 the Seahawks for your guys' sake because I'm not overly not even right. You don't even need to be wrong. You're yeah, just like, I'm not overly. Good. I'm not. I'm just not over. I don't know. Like I I just like I think I try to like like take a diary of like my first gut instinct when I think about a team going into the year. And when I'm, I'm putting the Seahawks in my head, there's nothing about it that I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm so excited to watch, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. Like, like, did they get better in the off season? Maybe they did, but I, I just, I feel like the window is like just creaked open barely and yeah. they've not really kicked through it in recent years. And they need a, a spark, a jolt to really start the engine again there because they had it going for a while. I mean, right. there was a four or five year stretch where they were like the toughest team in the NFL. And that was the toughest place to play in the NFL and it just, I, I don't know. I don't get those same vibes this year. We'll see. Maybe the fans back at the link will, will change things. Or not, not the, what is it called? The link? What is it called up there? That's Philly, right? Link's Philly. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to know that. You're in Jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gosh. All right. Whatever. I don't. What's the name of the Seattle field? I don't know what the names of these stadiums are. These now they I, I, I can't they change up. them like every day. Now I have to All look it up. What, All the time. They, right. It's like you don't even know anymore. Yeah. No. I, that, please. You don't quest, worry about that. Is it Quest Diagnostics Field? Lumen, is that it? Lumen Field. See, like yeah, this. I mean, good luck. That's good luck. Right. All right. I do think the fans might factor in. And I also think the point of uh, – I don't know if they need to get that much better because they were 12-4 and four last year. So, like, it's even true. they're the right. same team, it's the true. division maybe gets a little tougher. Maybe they lose another game to the Niners and Rams and they go eleven and 6 or 10-7. and seven. I think that's a playoff team. But all right. We're, we're, we're talking too much about this division. We're going to the NFC South. Not a ton here for me. Two, two thoughts. I, this is Tampa's division to somehow lose with injuries, and I don't think they're going to do it. First team in the salary cap era to bring back all 22 starters from a Super Bowl champion. I think that speaks for itself. I think the Bucs come out, you know, they won whatever it was, seven, eight games in a row, including the postseason or more, nine to, to finish off that Super Bowl run. I think they're going to come out in stride. I think they're going to destroy the Cowboys to begin the season. Um, I bet them when it came out at minus 145 to win the division. They're sitting at minus 200 currently on DK Sportsbook. I don't hate, I don't even hate it if you want to lay it. I'm not telling you to go bet it, but I think there's not much competition here. The Falcons over win total seems to be a sharp play for some reason. I don't know if I can get there. I'm just staying away. What I will say is I spoke about the Saints being kind of in shambles and people aren't talking about it enough. We still don't know who the quarterback's going to be. If it's Jameis Winston, it's a turnover machine. If it's Taysom Hill, it's a guy that can't throw the ball. Um, guys are hurt. Guys are suspended. Guys are retiring. Um, Alvin Kamara isn't going to, as shifty as he is, he's not going to carry you to the playoffs. That's just not how the NFL works. So I bet the Saints at minus 115 earlier to miss the playoffs. Um, I think this is a one playoff team division, and that's Tampa. Um Anything on the NFC South, Jared? I agree with your sentiment. I mean, it's Tampa or bust. Atlanta's the, you want to say there's a sharp play on Atlantic? Go look at Atlanta's defensive depth chart and tell me what's sharp about that. Right. Um, I, I don't see it with Atlanta. Um, maybe Pitts will have a good year. Maybe Matt Ryan will kind of go out, you know, in style and, and, and take one last trip around the sun and make us remember, you know, some, some of the good times that they had, but this is a re Atlanta's a rebuilding team. Carolina at their core is a rebuilding team. 
um, you know, second year really in, in, in this new regime. And, and you just don't know what you're going to get with Darnold because we haven't seen him succeed at any level. Granted, he did not have a good situation um, with the Jets. Tampa Bay's got everyone coming back. They've got the, they've got Tom Brady, who's like the dude of all dudes, striping balls in the match, hitting golf balls everywhere. This summer. I mean, it, like, what is he not like, what is he not good at at this point? Um, and I, I just, I agree with your sentiment on, on the saints. I've been down on the saints for the last two years. I, I had a hard, hard, tough beat on their win total two years ago when the cap was breeze is going to get hurt. It's going to go under breeze got hurt. Teddy Bridgewater comes in and goes five and oh. So I, I've been riding the saints window closing train for the last two years. And, and I'm not backing off of that now. Uh, I think Sean Payton's been kind of flirting with fire the last two years with Taysom Hill. And I think it's going to burn him this year because he really has no quarterback situation uh, to speak of there in new Orleans. And you mentioned the other situation that they're having on the defensive side, that that's not good. Um, so this is Tampa's division to lose numbers big. If you, if you got big pockets, sure. Lay it with the box. I think you'll be happy come the end of the year. I just look at the first four weeks and the last four weeks of their schedule. And I'm just like, where do the losses come from? So that that's what eight wins right yeah. there. They have a Tampa and, the, and once that line win. moves, you know, they start four and oh, that's minus two fifty, minus three hundred out of the gate, and you miss the big move. Tampa there. Tampa not winning the division last year, Saints winning the division gets Tampa an easier schedule that they can just yeah. run to. Great. Point. I mean, the, Phenomenal the first four, the first four weeks, Cowboys, Falcons, uh, Rams, Patriots. Okay, so there's four and oh right there. Then they end the season. The Rams, the Rams are good. Yeah, that was that was a liberal four and oh, but yeah, I hope you're right. About the Rams. If I'm betting, I mean, I was the, I was just division, saying I'm, I'm down on the Rams. So why am I going to have them beating? That's the fair. Here? That's fair. All That's right. Fair. So That's there's fair. the first four wins. Then the, end of, then the end of the season: Saints, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Like, give me a break. Yeah, that's really that's, that's I mean, nice. There's that's eight nice. right there. You know. So that, I mean, for me, I look at that: the start and the end. And the Bucs are going to remember those two Saints games last year. That second one, holy goodness gracious. That was one of the most hellacious blowouts I've ever seen in prime time. I had the Bucs. Um, and the Bucs, yeah, I, I think I did too. Uh, I bet the Bucs to win the division last year too. How about that? I was, I, excuse me, I was all over the Bucs, division and Super Bowl last year. Win, obviously, win the Super Bowl, lose the division. That doesn't happen too often. Um, but yeah, they're going to, I think that's, I, I'd be circling that any Bucs Saints game next year. Because uh, Tampa Bay is going to be out for blood in those games. So at worst, let's just say they do lose to the Rams. They're seven and one. I mean, come on. I mean, there's please. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's the Bucks. What's are their alt win total this year? Like that would be a good alt win total for like a thirteen or a fourteen for them to go like fourteen and three. You know, to yeah. two or three to one. Like and and you know, kind of speaking to that point, I, I think the alt win totals on both ends of the spectrum under really low numbers. We'll do that for Houston, 12. obviously. And, and for the over for the good teams, 12. So if it would be like over 13 and a half wins, we get two to one for that three to one. I mean, that would be yeah. an interesting bet. Well, so here's one, here's one that you can get on DraftKings Sportsbook. If you think maybe the chiefs who had offensive line issues, don't either the Bucks have the best record. The favorite Bucks yeah. plus 600 most regular season. Wins. That, that's not a bad bet either. I mean that, you know, that's kind of a correlated bet. If they win 14 games, uh, you would expect them to be amongst the best in the league. And then you can obviously hedge that um, later in the year because you would expect them to be big favorites. So if you're coming off of them to lose, you're betting a plus 200 plus 300 money line underdog in week 16, 17 or 18. 
um, expecting the Bucs are going to be favored huge in those games against Carolina and New Orleans. So I think that's an interesting bet to make for sure. You're going to have a lot of flexibility and you get a six to one nugget week one. And all you got to do is root for the Bucs to win games. And they're going to be favored probably in almost every single game this year. I, I think that's a really good bet to make, actually. And they do have preset division winning parlays that you can do too. Okay. It's like the chief, the Chiefs and Buccaneers to both win their division at plus one ten. I love that. Four. I did that yeah. the other day. I, I love that. I think the Chiefs are going to run away with the West too. That that's a really good parlay to make. On top of that, Packers and Buccaneers plus one forty five. That's another good one too. If you think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think those are the three teams. I would say if we're going high level, Chiefs, Bucks. Um, and yeah, and, and Packers, like, I'm pretty sure those teams are going to repeat in their divisions. The other five, you can make cases, maybe the, the Titans in the AFC South. Now, I think I'd be, I push them maybe more towards the confident that they're going to win the division side. And I'd be willing to put them in some kind of parlay to, to win a division. The other four, I would say are probably pretty wide open. I love these division parlays. And I will say, yeah. as we end the, as we end the NFC South, <clears throat> Tampa Bay, in Foxborough, Sunday night football, week four. Give me the Bucks <laughs> minus three. Look ahead line <laughs> and give it to me now because I was, and Steve and I are in Boston, we're Patriots fans. Um, I said one of the dumbest debates in sports is who's more responsible for all the Patriots' success, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. <laughs> I said, look, greatest coach, greatest quarterback. Let's just call it even. Why do we need to talk about this? I said that all year. Then the Patriots are at a losing season. Cam Newton looks like he's never thrown a football in his life. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl on a torn MCL. I can no longer be neutral. Tom Brady had a larger (laughs) impact than Bill Belichick, and he's a psycho and will take everything personally. As as much as Belichick will be up for that game and have a good defensive game plan, it'll be how interesting is it going to be to watch Tom Brady going against that Patriots defense on Sunday Night Football? It's going to be awesome. But Tom Brady is more important, so I'm going to bet on Tom Brady in that game. That's fair. I mean, it's hard to argue that after what we saw this year. Belichick has a lot. And, you know, we'll get to that when we talk AFC East. But, you know, this is this might be your only chance to buy low on Bill Belichick ever because he has a lot. They they left a lot of meat on the bone last year with the way their defense played. Uh, And there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions in Foxborough right now. Okay, so we're we're running a little long. And the last NFC uh, division we have is the stinky one. (laughs) <laughs> Where? yeah I, I don't have much on the east I, I think the giants should be better if daniel jones is better i think the eagles should be worse unless jalen hurt surprises me washington's an absolute coin flip and dallas is all about Dak prescott i mean it's so that, I, it's that prescott I, to the core that's it yep if you made me say anything on this division i would favor washington i think they're a good bet in yeah, the division really, I, I really good defense fitzpatrick comes in and and doesn't screw things up yep. the way a dwayne haskins can screw things up for you um, I think the Giants improve. I think yep. like an over seven on them or a plus 450 to win the division. I, I don't hate it all. Yeah. And I'm watching hard knocks and Dak Prescott's getting, we see that Cowboys tweet. It's not a reason to, for concern, but Dak's getting another MRI. I'll just take it. Like if you want anything on the Cowboys under nine and a half or Cowboys plus money to miss the playoffs. There's never um, any value to bet over on Dallas no. anyways. Right. And, no, and the, it, it's, it's not a good value division because it's the three biggest, it's three out of the four biggest markets, you know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah. it's a really tough division to really get into because of that. Anything, Steve? Yeah. I'm just going to take Dallas and just be done with it. You're taking Dallas. I think, I I think Dallas is the better, t- is the best team top to bottom. They are the best Dak team. Prescott's yeah. healthy, but that, but there's no guarantee that he's going to come back and he's going to be a hundred percent. Right. Um, and, okay. and, and I, I understand that, but with the weapons that he has, there's yeah, no reason they don't win that division. 
They definitely um, should right, win fair. the division. Yes. But but I think Washington's the toughest team, but Dallas has the best, but Dallas yeah. has the best players. Yeah. I would say I'm I would say if I had to do like the bullish bearish, I'd say I'm bullish on the Giants, bullish on Washington, neutral on Dallas, and I'm probably bearish on Philly. I think that's how that's I would fair. rank it. That's fair. All right. Um, we just talked about it. AFC East. Let's go there now. Bills minus 150. Pretty heavy favorites. Um, yeah. win total set at 11. Dolphins and Pats both plus 350. Nobody's probably taking the Jets at plus 2,500. Um, no. Their win total is set at six. Pats and Dolphins both at nine and a half. Some plus money to the over. Um, I tend to think, like we kind of talked about, that it's a bounce-back season for the Patriots. They spent all that money. The defense is going to be better. Cam Newton could be better. Uh, you know, he fumbled away a game in Buffalo. If he's not better, Mac Jones is there to potentially make them better and run that offense that they've been successful with in years past with a pocket passer that, I mean, Mac Jones, all these kids now can run all of them. Mac Jones can't. He has lead legs. He is Tom Brady um, in terms of just standing back in the pocket and throwing the ball. So that's at least something the Patriots coaching staff is, is used to. Um, I, I kind of like the Patriots. I like them better at over nine, but the plus money, I, I think they can get to 10 and seven, um, which means I don't hate the plus 350. It's good value. Um, if the Bills can kind of, the Bills win totals 11. If they just come back to, 10 and seven, both these teams are 10 and seven. Maybe the Patriots have the tiebreaker or something, some decent value. Um, not much else. I'm not going to bet against the bills in any way. I'm not taking their unders. Um, I think maybe the dolphins have some regression. I'm not a huge to a believer and they should stick with them all year. Really. They got to give him a year and see what he's yeah. got. The jets are the jets. The six win totals too low. I think they're going to stink. I think Zach Wilson's going to throw a good amount of, of turnovers. Um, I guess in this division, it's really kind of just the Pats over wins for me. Um, Jared, what do you think about the AFC East? You said a lot of meat left on the bone. Yeah, I, I would consider the Patriots to win the division because I, I don't think they're the third best team. And, and again, remember when we were looking at the North, like we felt the Bears were a little underpriced because I just thought that gap between, you know, Minnesota and Chicago was too big between two and three. I feel that way about one and three. I, I think the gap between Buffalo and New England is, is what, I mean, there is a gap there. But I don't think it's a three and a half, four dollar gap. And I would probably put the Patriots more two to one to win this division just because I think there's a chance. There's more of a chance in, in my eyes that the Bills regress that the, than, the, than the chance that the Patriots don't improve. I am very confident that we're going to see improvement with the Patriots. I don't think we're going to see improvement with Buffalo. I think that they have only one place really to go because it was the best one of the best seasons in, in the history of offensive NFL in terms of efficiency for Josh Allen, in terms of him running the ball, in terms of his health, the rest of the health of the team. Buffalo's really tough. I love the coach. Miami, I still think, is a year or two away. But they're going to be tough, too, because I love the coach. And, he, he, you know, that two, I think, will be a full year healthy, might do him better in preseason, and he might get off to a better start. But I agree, there's still questions there. They added a lot around him. Waddle's going to be a star, as will Will Fuller if he can stay on the field. But I, I think in terms of betting value, the only team really, and I see that Steve shaking his head, there's a chance Will Fuller doesn't even see the field. But if he does, I think he's <laughs> going to be good. But I think betting value-wise, you're right. The Jets are a throwaway. Patriots, there's meat on the bone there for that number to improve. If they get off to a good start and they show you that they got a little something, that number goes from what, plus 350, plus 360? It'll get chopped down really quick. So the early value, I think, is on New England. Really quick before Steve goes, I will say if Tua does get better, it's because, like you said, the preseason, he's got a chance to come in healthy, come in with some momentum. 
but also the receiver additions like yeah. Fuller, if he can get out there and Waddle, who he has already has a relationship with yep. from Alabama. And Devontae Parker, who's been there. You know, and Parker, so. who's been there. These are deep ball guys, and Tua's a deep ball thrower. Tua's not like a little West Coast offense dink and dunk. He bombs it, and those are guys that catch bombs. So, I mean, there's some explosive potential for, for the Miami yeah. offense. Absolutely. No, that, and that's, that's exactly where I am. Like, I love that the Bills are the big favorites in this one because you're getting such a better number on Miami. Sure. I think, I think Miami is the team this year for most of the reasons that you guys already gave. Like, one of the biggest things that, that, that Miami needed was help around Devontae Parker because constantly a carousel of characters at wide receiver, guys getting injured, guys just being brought up. Like, there was a couple of weeks when it was like, who the hell is even taking the field for the Dolphins at receiver? You had no idea. Yeah. Now they have solidified guys. They add Waddle to the mix. Like, I know there's always that injury issue with Will Fuller, but when Will Fuller is on the field, Will Fuller is a massive, massive difference maker. So you put him alongside Devontae Parker and Waddle and, you know, Preston Williams, when he's healthy, he's a wide receiver four now. Like, that is a deep wide receiver group maybe the deepest in that division if you're if you're asking me don't they have malcolm perry too the navy qb i love him i think so i love him you're talking about any any guy anytime he's on a team i'll root for them you know and so to go bullish bearish again i would say i would say i'm bearish on the jets obviously neutral on buffalo because i think the number is exactly where it needs to be and the two teams that i do feel like if either of these teams get off to a hot start miami or new england the rapid, you know, erosion of that value plus 350, whatever it is right now, it'll move very quick. And let, let me just throw this out here too, because it's part of the storyline. If they got to Sean Watson, how much would that number change? How much, how, how much closer I, would that division well, be? Well, it depends if Deshaun Watson. 10 games, right? I felt the same way about the Eagles. And a lot of people were like, oh, bet the Eagles right now, if they get Watson, but you know, they're still going to be 10 games in without him. And what does that do to Jalen Hurts in those 10 games? It totally screws with this kid's head. And he's already had his head screwed with last year. Goodness gracious, one of the most controversial benchings in the history of the NFL. I mean, you've already messed with this kid's head enough. So I don't know if Watson hurts or helps. I'm actually doing an expose with some bookmakers. I'm asking them how, like, you know, if you could do the Watson thing over again in terms of pulling odds, keeping odds up, baked in, how would you do it? Because it's going to be a fascinating case study in future years with that Watson situation and kind of how it played out in the gambling markets. Um, okay. Actually, last thing before we end this division, because I'm starting to tweet out some articles that I'm doing on DraftKings Sportsbook of just season long player props, which nice. we are offering those all. Um, I do have an article already out on the AFC East, one that Steve disagrees with me on. So it's Ooh. a good talking point. Um, I am on Damian Harris over, and I do not take many running back overs because they get hurt. There's running back rotations. I've bet they play for the Patriots. I've yeah. had three other running back unders this season. Hmm. I'm on Damian Harris over 845 rushing yards. Um, I think he's going to be the featured guy. Sony Michelle will not factor in. James White could be a surprise cut from this team. Really? Um, really? I mean, you know your Patriots better than me. I trust you, but that would mean he was the hero of the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Doesn't matter with Bill. Yeah, he it doesn't matter. Crap. Give I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm out. saying he's, he's due <laughs> some money and um, they have some potential wow. as they can fill in that role. Watch for it. But he doesn't carry the ball anyway. So Harris uh, in 10 games last year, he started off coming in hurt in camp and that took him a little while to get on the field, which meant more Sony Michelle in 10 games, 691 yards. So if he, 
basically by doing the math, if he played in 12 games healthy, he would get to this number. So we have cushion for him to get hurt and miss four games with a hamstring or a knee or whatever. It just can't be a serious injury and him to win this game as long as he plays the role he played last year. And I think he'll have a larger role than he did last year. Um, he should have fresh legs. He was a beast at Alabama so far in the NFL in two seasons, he's played in 12 games and taken 141 carries. Mm. So I think there's, if there's a time to use the mileage up on Damian Harris, it's now while he's young, while he's fresh and while he's featured, he is at the top of the Patriots depth chart. If that means anything to you at this point. So Damian Harris, low number. I think that if he's healthy, this is like around Thanksgiving, early December. He's he's cashing this, and we see a thousand yard season. Steve, you want to give a rebuttal first before I give you my judgment? I just think that people aren't going to like this one. I know <laughs> they drafted Stevenson in the fourth round. Okay. Belichick seems to be enamored with this kid because he can run, he can catch, like he is James White, who can also carry the ball. Which is why I think Julian is right about cutting. Uh, James White, because this is literally his replacement, who's already in the wings. So Andy Michelle's not going to be a factor. I, I, I don't. I, I can't imagine he's going to see the ball much at all. But I just think with the way that the Patriots are, like I know Damian Harris got his workload at the end of the year last year. But if if Newton's in the mix, just I don't know. I just think Stevenson's going to be more of a factor in his rookie year than maybe Damian Harris was. Obviously, Damian Harris was injured, so he couldn't play too much. Go ahead. No, go ahead. He, I don't think he was even injured his rookie year. Harris got like redshirted his rookie year, yeah. which is one of the Did reasons he, I'm he probably writing. fumbled during practice and then he yeah, got relegated to the doghouse. Yeah. Right. And that's to me, that's the biggest issue I have with betting it over with the Patriots running back. Right. Because it's just, I feel like it's a it's any given night, it could be different or day. It could be different. Here's the here's the bets I'm intrigued, and you guys have this on DraftKings, which is great. The tight end receiving yards for the Patriots this year. One of those dudes, Smith or Henry, is gonna have a big year. And because, Henry's hurt right now. Yeah, Henry, is he is he hurt like for a while or is he hurt hurt? Like um and, and then in that case, you're up, getting a good number on John Smith. Then in that case, you're getting a good number because they're both in the like the 525 range or so, based on what I'm seeing here. And I know that they the Patriots, again, I'm not a New England guy, you guys are, but they rarely spend in free agency. And where did they spend this offseason? They went yeah. after two tight ends to do the Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, you know, replica thing. And I think that's if the Patriots are going to have a successful offense this year, one or both of those two guys are going to have big seasons. Yep. Fair. All right. Well, screw you guys. I already <laughs> over and I'm riding it. <laughs> I'm not rooting against it. I just, I feel, I'm just, I get scared betting overs on running backs. It's just, it's, no. It is. It's roulette these days. It is yep. absolutely a giant game of Russian roulette, especially with the Patriots running back. I do too. And I have three other bets on running backs and they're all unders. And I generally bet like 80, yeah. 90% running back unders. So it's I, okay I, to throw one in there. Nothing wrong with it, you. but I'm I would lean to the unders for sure with the running backs. No doubt. Um, okay. AFC South, super interesting division. Um, Colts were favored. Carson Wentz news. Titans favored. I have the Titans at plus money to win the division. I have them uh, laying a little bit of juice to make the playoffs. Um, but now we hear Carson Wentz and uh, Nelson on the O-line could both be ready week one, um, which is part of it. But Wentz, like, going out there, like, I feel like he's just waiting to get hurt again anyway, or right. he comes back too soon and plays injured and it's not going to look great. But the big thing in Philly was he, he was playing behind an awful offensive line. Now he's playing behind one of the best offensive lines, protect him a little better. It's going to be interesting. I, I still like the Titans um, regardless. 
Jacksonville, we'll see what they are. I'm not a huge, I don't believe in Urban Meyer really coming into the NFL. Nick Saban mm-hmm. couldn't even do it in the NFL. Um, and we'll see what, you know, Lawrence is. And I think Houston is pretty easy to write off. Nothing really on, on those two teams. It's a two team division. Um, I know Jared, one of the only NFL bets you have so far, you, you are backing the Titans. Yeah. Uh, like I have. Yeah, and it was a good number, too. We got in at plus 115 right before, you know, the Wentz storm took place. Um, That was a bet, to be perfectly fair to the movement based off that injury, that was a bet that I liked even before any news on Carson Wentz's injury. And not for an unsimilar handicap as most, does Carson Wentz really make the Colts better? And so the fact that the number's moving a little bit back towards Indy with Wentz coming back or maybe reported to be coming back, I think that might be a false move. And I, I think because I, I don't think Carson Wentz makes them better um, and Quentin Nelson makes them better. So him playing is important, but I, I don't I, I don't think Carson Wentz makes them better. And, and I think over the long 17 game season, I absolutely think you're going to see more bad than good when Wentz is on the field. Um, and, and that's just what the, the vibe that I got from him in Philly coming into a new system. I know he vibed well with Frank Reich in Philly, but I just, it's a, it's a, it doesn't always work when you come over from another team, it has to work with all the things, all the pieces have to be in place. And I don't think there's enough there with Wentz, um, even with Nelson back. So I, I do like Tennessee, they're a tough team. Mike Vrabel's a tough coach. They're going to own that division. Um, they had a great record in the division last year. I expect them to continue that streak this year. And I think it's going to take uh, a Herculean effort um, from Lawrence and, and, and Urban Meyer year one to, to pull off that upset. And you're right. The Texans are a complete throwaway, probably the worst team in the league, probably the best, the worst record um, in, in the NFL this year. Give me the lions for the worst record. I hate okay. the lions this year. Both. I mean, <laughs> well, well, they're both probably heavy, you know, plus two, plus three to one, right? Probably bet both. I and mean, one of them happens. You're probably going to still make money, right? Yeah, no, that's fair. And I'm just saying that because I have the lines under five. But yeah, go yeah. ahead, Steve. <laughs> just just real quick, like the thing I always keep going back to, and I agree with you that, you know, maybe Carson Wentz doesn't make them better, but he is going to be in such a different environment that he's actually going to have some decent True. protection. And I would say more than decent protection, like the best protection yeah. available. Last year with the Eagles, when he had a clean pocket, 73.8% adjusted completion percentage. When he was under pressure, 58.6. Like, we're talking a huge mass. I mean, there should be a difference, obviously. But that is just such a di- big difference in, you know, able to complete passes and get him downfield. 6.5 yards per attempt when kept clean, only 4.7 when it was under pressure. Like, if we can get that version of Carson Wentz consistently, which should be, he's going to make some moves. He is gonna, he's going to get this, this, um, this team down the field. And with Jonathan Taylor, like there's a lot to like about the Colts, but the injury concern is going to be there all season long. If that wasn't a concern, I feel like it, like it would have to be the Colts, but I have, that's always in the back of my mind. I always, I want to bet the Colts, but I'm so concerned about the injury and that's, that's what's holding me back. And I feel like that's what's holding a lot of people back. They have a very deep roster, Tennessee, Tennessee and Indy both have very deep rosters. Um, I would say Indy may be deeper in certain spots than Tennessee. I think Tennessee is obviously the Julio Jones thing makes them really good on the outside. Um, I think Tannehill is better than, you know, than, than most quarterbacks these days. I don't know if he can continue to play at the level he's been playing at, but I definitely think he's a more consistent quarterback than Carson Wentz, regardless of the protection. Tennessee's O-line isn't bad either. And they've got the, you know, the, the two-time rushing leader back there. 
um, who's probably going to go for 2K again. So I, I think all the pieces are in place for Tennessee to win this division. Uh, if you can get them now that the line's drifting back towards yeah. the level par, I, I, I would take the flyer on them at plus, you know, plus 100 or even money or, you know, uh, plus 105, plus 110. I think when you get into the minus 110 and longer range, that's when you lose that value. Because I'd say it's a coin flip between Indy and Tennessee. Yeah, and I, I would prefer Tennessee because of that injury thing that, you know, you said. So if you get India at a better than a coin flip, I think that's kind of the threshold. I'm comfortable there. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> all right. Before we wrap up this division, I've, I've two articles on the DraftKings playbook for season long player props. I started with my overs. So there are a lot of unders to come, but here is another over. Um, I think this is a really interesting one. Trevor Lawrence over three and a half rushing touchdowns at even money. Nothing to do with the passing game, but hear me out here. Okay. The young quarterbacks run. Um, yeah. They learn to run in college. They run more in the NFL, as they're, especially early maybe, as they're kind of learning the system. Trust your athleticism. Um, you know, Travis Etienne was brought in, his college teammate, to give them a running back. But he's reportedly lining up more as a receiver. Yeah. He's a guy maybe you look at for a, a, a receptions uh, type of prop. Um and then James Robinson, you know, a good story in fantasy football last year, but not necessarily a bruising goal line back or anything. Um, Trevor Lawrence, last two seasons at Clemson, he played in 25 games. He had 17 rushing touchdowns. And obviously Clemson's putting up more points per game than the Jaguars are going to put up next year. Uh, but it just tells you that he doesn't mind, you know, breaking out there and, uh, you know, getting some runs loose. So, Four touchdowns in if if he stays healthy for seventeen games, even if he gets hurt, um, a minor injury and misses a couple games, I feel like you can cash this one. I went back and looked last year, uh, headlined by Cam Newton at twelve rushing touchdowns. There were ten quarterbacks to rush for four or more touchdowns on the season, and then there were three more that played in ten games or fewer that rushed for three. That being wow, Joe Burrow, that's really good analysis though. Joe Burrow, Tua. Both ran for three in 10 games, and Dak Prescott ran for three in five games. Um, so those guys arguably would have been right there had they started the season or not gotten hurt. Yeah. Um, so that could have been 13. Now, obviously, you get hurt, you get hurt, and you lose. But, um, you know, close to half the league had the potential to, to get to this one. You get the extra game. Yeah. I like it. It's a low, it's a low number, at least. Well, I think, too, if you think about strategy, you know, what's the hardest place to score is right, right around the goal line. Um, and I think the traditional just pound it into the dirt and try to get the two or three yards in a cloud of dust is kind of, you know, teams don't do that anymore between the twenties like they used to. So they're not great doing it on the goal line. So I think the strategy around goal line offense has also changed where the quarterback as a runner is becoming more of a weapon. And so I think the overall trend is put is moving towards that anyways, and you're getting a low number on a guy who already has, first of all, he's enormous. So QB sneaks, you know, is he six, six, you know, he's yeah. going to fall over. Uh, he's not one of those puny guys back there. Even the Russell Wilson, who's, you know, had some propensity. Brady's been great with the sneaks over time. Those quarterbacks tend to get those chances. So if he's going to be that guy, you give him another boost. And I, I think that's a smart bet. I mean, I, I like the off the beaten, you know, cause you're, there's not, there's no public saturation in that bet. That number is as fair and as soft as it's going to get. So uh, I think you're and it's even money. That's even, even better. Yeah. <clears throat> Steve's just not going to respond. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't disagree. Fine. Okay, great. We're running long, so Check. I don't need you to talk. Um, AFC North. I don't 
know if I have anything here. Um, crowded division, talented division. The Steelers go from like being undefeated into like week 12 or whatever it was last Forget year it. to having a win total set at will they go 500 or below 500. Wow. They're plus 500 to win the division. The Brown, I, I tend to think the Browns are going to be better than the Ravens. I, the Ravens, I agree. That's the Ravens my, if I have the bullish rank, I say Browns to me are the team that I would be, I'd be bullish on. Right. So if the Ravens are plus 115 and the Browns are plus 150 to win the division, give me the Browns. I think we'll have some interesting Brown spots. I think that as much as I like Joe Burrow and getting Jamar Chase in there, they could go 0-6 in the division. So, like, if you made me play the Cincy win total, I'm going under 6.5, although... And he's still hurt, and and they're going to rush him back, and I think that's bad for the the Bengals long term. Yeah, so that's my take there, I guess. Here's... um, Oh, God, what did I do with these stats? Um... The Ravens are, I think, 22-11-1 in their last however many that is against the spread on the road. Um, this is going back like four years or so. Um, and I am down on the Raiders, who are the last division that we have to cover this season uh, in this podcast. I don't mind Baltimore minus four and a half on the Monday night opener, the first game in Las yeah. Vegas. Like, that's something I can, I yeah, can give yeah. you here. Um, but outside of that, not much for me on this division. I, I agree. I, I, I'm bullish on Cleveland. I, I like that offensive line. Um, I, I think Baker Mayfield is is as good as it gets. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks that have his higher upside than him. Obviously, there's some issues when he gets into late-game spots, but the talent is there, and he's mastered that offense now under Kevin Stefanski. That showed a lot of growth last year without a lot of their big weapons. And on the defensive side, they add Clowney, who doesn't have to be the number one guy opposite miles Garrett. So I expect that defense to be tough AFC North tough. And I I do think there's a little weakness in Pittsburgh. I think there's a little weakness in Baltimore. They just lost Bateman for an extended period of time and they had big problems on the outside already. And you, you know, you mentioned the the issues with Cincinnati. So I think the opportunity in this division is with Cleveland. We've seen a lot of movement in that number in the super bowl on the off season too. And that's, you know, that Cleveland again is not a team that gets a lot of public. I know they're getting a lot of attention, but they don't get a lot of public betting in the offseason. That's Dallas and that's Green Bay and that's those teams. Cleveland's still a small market team. So I, I think the move there with Cleveland and, and some of the things they did in the offseason, I was really impressed by. And and this is a make or break year for Baker. Cleveland's gonna have to make a decision on him in the offseason. So this is basically a contract year for him. And, and he's a gunslinger. And they've got a bunch of dudes who can catch passes on the outside. Great O-line, great running game. They're going to be a tough team this year. The biggest bet that I have made this offseason comes from this division. Over 39, 50 and a half passing yards for Baker Mayfield. I love it. Because they're so aggressive on first down, Steve. They're one of the most aggressive teams early down, you know, passing in the league. And that is the future of the NFL. And they've got Guys on the outside, if they are healthy with Landry and Jar- and, and Beckham, they can catch the ball. So I, yep. I love that. That's a good number. Yep. I, I'm i going to wind up on that bet, and I've seen a lot of people on it. Um, I just don't know if I can do my like my biggest bet as a over player prop bet. <laughs> because yeah, you, you're it. checking the injury news every day. You know, your heart's going to stop right. anytime you see anything from Cleveland. But, you know, I mean, I guess that's gambling in a nutshell these days with the way the news cycle is. Yes, your game. This is another one where let's just say you're gambling on health. If Baker Mayfield sure. starts all these games and stays upright, no doubt you're going over. No doubt, sure. So that's your only take on the division, Steve. Baker Mayfield's going to pass for a lot of yards. Yep. Okay, great. That that take. is where I. That's where my investment is for this yeah. division. So that's where the that's where the analysis stops. I'm curious, what's the early schedule for Baltimore and Cleveland? Did did they face each other early? 
When are those games? Because those, I mean, listen, oh. you know, say what you want about Roethlisberger. I, I, I'm fading Pittsburgh. Um, I just don't think there's enough there. O-line and, you know, quarterback and, and, and obviously Cincinnati. So I think that's a two-team division also. They're both. Um, both late in the season. That's I can't remember when, it. but back I love back. it. So yeah, I that, that that's that's great. So you're getting you will likely if the Browns go into that game with a division lead, there's no way plus 150 is still gonna be there. You yeah, know, right. I, I think that I think you have a chance for that number to be odds on by the time you get to that Ravens first Ravens Brown game. If the Browns are as good as they expect to be and they don't have to worry about the Ravens till later in the year. They could be whenever it is, you know, they could be five, six, seven games over 500 then. And, you know, that game's basically for the division. Yep. Um, okay. AFC West. We all love the Chiefs. They're yeah. minus 250. Chargers plus 450. Um, I don't have much on them. Like, they're not going to steal the division. Maybe they go over their, their win total. Um, interesting pick em game in Washington to start the season for them. Yeah. I tend to think they're going to be better given they subtracted Anthony Lynn. So they stopped making dumb play calls that lose them games and Herbert should get better in his second year. So like as basic of a handicap as it gets kind of with that, but I don't necessarily have anything on them. Broncos plus 600. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Drew Locke's even money. Teddy Bridgewater is plus 120 right now on DK Sportsbook. That's an interesting battle. Locke is the future, but he keeps not showing it. Bridgewater has right. the money, so do you pay the guy that you traded all the money for? I kind of lean Bridgewater plus one twenty if you were if you were going to bet. I think that the odds pay that too because the Broncos are favored week one on the road against the Giants, so they have to think. I like the Giants. Yeah, Giants I, 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 and well, I where do the odds move based off the quarterback announcement whenever it comes? That's the question. True. Do they? Do they? Is that half baked in? Do they view that Bridgewater is a better chance to win a road game week one? You know, or is Locke, you know, maybe the more upside, but week one maybe will struggle. Will that line move towards the Giants? And all of a sudden the Giants are favored if Locke's a starter. That's a curious – I think that's why that line's so, you know, kind of caught no man's land there at one and a half. That's very true. Um, And I kind of think – I don't – the Broncos are in a tough-ish division. They have a very good defense. Very good defense. Don't love the coach. Like, I think the Broncos – to miss the playoffs. Like last I looked, they were like minus 140 or something. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right. I still think they're kind of overpriced because (laughs) of the spike we saw with like the Aaron Rodgers hype. Yes. And they were off the board and they were like. Because you can't sell those bets. That that exposure still exists despite the fact that he he went elsewhere. Right. So people back to the Broncos when the Aaron Rodgers rumors were there, they don't get them. Now people need to bet against the Broncos for books to even out. I like betting against the Broncos just for that reason because people were on them for a reason that never happened um that i that's free value almost and then the raiders are plus 2200 to win this division my biggest win total bet so far along with the lions at plus money for under five i got the raiders i had to lay minus 135 but i got the raiders under eight wins it's now at seven i can't believe that the only way you lose that bet is if they go above 500 that that is my yeah, that's, you just got inside. Yeah, that's the, and that's that's how you do it. That's exactly the way you lot. That's that's how you rationalize that one. You just got inside <laughs> my head. I only lose if the Raiders are an above five hundred. And that, what are the and yeah. and I would say that's less than a coin flip of happening. So yeah, any yeah. if you laid what thirty cents, twenty cents, then it's a good. Thir- bet. I, what, minus one thirty five. I really that's had a to good lay bet. it, but I got a full win. It's that no, but it's it's a good bet because again, for them to finish above five hundred, I only see that happening in maybe one or two scenarios out of ten. 
Yep. So, gonna have to win. you know, you're getting 20 or 30% value on that bet, I still think. They're going to have to win some really tough games. And they <laughs> did beat the Chiefs last year. Well, that's the thing. Two yeah. against the Chiefs, two against the Chargers. I would expect 0-4 right there. Um, maybe maybe they split, you know, maybe maybe they split Denver. Right, 1-5 um, and, and, and what's the AFC West this year? Isn't it the NFC North? Is that the division, the cross division, or is it the NFC East? No, it's NFC East because it's – Cause it's right. It's chargers, Washington week one, right? Yeah. You're yeah. right. So, so you get, I would guess a little bit of a, of a breather with some of those NFC East teams, right. but you know, maybe not, it, you know, those are tough teams still. They might beat each other up, but they're still pretty tough. Those football teams. And I wouldn't classify Vegas in that category. So I think you're pretty safe with that under. So I and don't we know. still don't know what's up with Darren Waller. Who's missed like two straight weeks of camp. Now I too. didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know that either. Uh, That's great news. (laughs) That is tremendous. That's a nugget, right? And that's, it's interesting because at this stage, the news cycle really does kind of put all the odds in a blender every day. And we don't really get back to what the true odds are by week one, you know, because like, like the, you know, the point you made about Denver, we're never going to get Denver's true odds until maybe a few weeks into the year until things really settle with the, with, with, you know, the regular season, because the preseason odds have been thrown such through a loop because of all the movement and all the news, you're not getting the true odds at this stage. Like it's all mixed and jumbled together. You have to kind of sift through it. I mean, what it really means if both of us didn't know that, and Steve said it happened, it probably means that Steve's just wrong. Um, and Darren Waller is just fine in, in camp. Um, I believe Steve, I have not been paying very, cause I'm not betting the preseason games, at least this week. I, so I have not really been paying a whole lot of attention to like the minor news cycle things in the NFL. I just, I've been kind of blocking myself out because I'm trying not to, you know, open myself up to too many preconceived biases heading into week one. At least that's what I'm trying to do. It's very hard to block yourself out from some of the news, but uh, cause yeah. a lot of it, a lot of it is Fugazi. A lot of it is just like, Oh, this guy's sitting out like the Xavier and Howard stuff. What are we supposed to yeah. believe? You know, like um, I, I, what are we supposed to believe with that? So one of my big reasons on on the Raiders was the offensive line was their strength before, and then they lost a bunch of really good old linemen, reached on some others in the draft. I, I think they're going to be yeah. a mess. Yeah. Um, well, they always reach. That's their, that's Mayock's known for that. They've taken projected second and third round picks. I... Their mid first rounder two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When they, didn't they take that corner a couple years ago? Yeah. Oh, and last year too. Corner from rugs. Ohio State. Was they took rugs last year. They reached on rugs, then the corner yeah. from Ohio State with their second first round. Pick. Yeah, he was projected to be like a third rounder, and then this year they take a projected like late second rounder. Yeah, it was uh, a th- lineman. The yeah, Cuisenberry, you know, Leatherwood. I think Cuisenberry. That's another guy, right? Yeah, I don't. Know. And then and Colin Farrell was like super early too. <laughs> whatever right. he was, yeah, yeah, that was right. three years ago. They took right. a guy fourth overall who was like. Who's doing their draft? Is Mayock really doing those draft boards? I don't know. I remember. So I remember I gave out a Clemson prop that year. Like, will two and a half over under two and a half Clemson guys be taken in the first round? He was the the random studs, two studs that were going to go. And then Pharrell was the guy, like, will he or won't he? And then he goes four. So I'm like, okay, that's cash. Yeah, you're like a genius. Um, well, that was the Raiders being bozos was not part of, uh, I just got lucky, but anyway, yeah. I, any Jared, anything else on the, the AFC? No, I, I think you're safe. You know, we talked about those parlays. I, I think the chiefs uh, uh, are that parlay piece for sure. I mean, you know, barring a catastrophic injury to Patrick Mahomes, um, they, there's no way they don't win this division. I, I think, you know, Herbert taking the step in year two is the biggest kind of, you know, circle that because if that happens, then, then they could overachieve their number because they have all the talent in the world on that team. And they have a new coach, which, you know, there's questions there, 
but I, I, I'm, I'm bullish on the Chargers. I'm neutral on the Chiefs because you can't get any higher than, than where they are. Back-to-back Super Bowls, you know, they didn't win one last year, but they, you know, they, they're, they're still in the game and they're still the champions of the AFC and the AFC West. So, uh, and I would say I'm absolutely bearish on Denver and, and Vegas. Um, I, I have no, uh, I have no positive things to say about either of those teams. The quarterback situation in Denver, it's a joke that LA can't get this right. I mean, how many years yep. in a row is this where they've just flopped on this and, and they still can't figure it out? So I, I would say bearish on those two. Steve? I mean, there's really not much to say about this division here. Obviously, like um, <clears throat> like you guys are saying, like obviously the Chargers could be the surprise here if they do sure. do that. This is one of those divisions where like, I think there's a lot of good player bets that you can make in this one. Like I actually love jared cook over four and a half touchdowns scored uh if they treat him like hunter henry was because now hunter henry is gone that was basically uh justin herbert's go-to guy especially in the red zone uh four and a half touchdowns is awfully low for somebody that could be getting be a monster red zone threat for the chargers this season at four and a half the overs at minus 120 on that one but you know other than the Chargers and the chiefs there's nothing to even consider in this division great just put the chiefs with the bucks Throw your whole account on it. Parlay that division two, those two divisions, and call it a day. <laughs> we trust Jared to come onto this podcast, and he leaves us with throw your whole bankroll on it. <laughs> Show it all, Bucks and Chiefs. What can go wrong? Rematch of the Super Bowl okay. last year, right? Um, we're well over an hour, so Samir's going to kill me. But I am going to leave people. Our, our producer, Samir, um, was like, is this going to be a long one, like 45 minutes? I was like, yeah, yeah sorry. That's, um, um, I'm a little verbose today. It doesn't matter. There were a lot to say. There's some good divisions going on. A good division action here. But I am going to leave people with the preseason plays. I put them all out on Twitter, at Julian Edlow, a couple of days ago. And they are uh, on the move. Uh, Pats plus two on Thursday night, hosting the Washington football team. Cam Newton and Mac Jones both going to play. It moves to minus one. Um, the Patriots should win if you want it. Still go get it. Fading the Cowboys on Friday night. Uh, better The Cowboys are a mess. Better quarterback situation in terms of depth uh, with Arizona. Um, games in Arizona. Cardinals minus 125. Give it to me. I took the Raiders minus 135 on the money line on Saturday night. That one's moving. I know I said I hate the Raiders, but they still have Carr and Mariota and Gruden loves giving uh, Nathan Peterman looks to throw the ball. Like, <laughs> give me the quarterback depth for a home, the first home game with fans for Vegas against the Seahawks, who, and Gruden's the number one coach ATS, almost 70% in the preseason. Yeah. Um, Flores is good playing. too. Flores and also uh, the Harbaugh, the Baltimore. Harbaugh, Harbaugh. and yeah. Pete Carroll is up there, but Pete I, Carroll too. Seahawks, yeah. I don't care. Russell Wilson's not going to play. They got guys banged up. Um, give me the Raiders at home. So I am leaving you with preseason plays. You don't have to wait for the season for all these uh, futures that we are talking about. Um, he's Steve Buchanan. I'm Julian Edlow. Our guest has been Jared Smith. You can find him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. Um, thank you for joining us, sir. Out of blast, guys. Steve, say the fancy things about where they can find us. Yep. So, of course, if you want to find us on YouTube, make sure to, to subscribe to the DraftKings can channel. You can always listen to the audio version of this on iTunes and everywhere else you get your audio podcasts. Exactly. Boom. That's a podcast. We're out of here. <laughs>